Hello, everyone, and welcome back to How to Chess, a weekly chess improvement show where we spend only 10 minutes trying to give you something actionable to help your chess game. And this week, we have an extra special guest. He is an IM, uh, got his beginnings as a chess YouTuber, and these days he is one of Chessable's most popular authors, plus one of my personal favorite authors. I am Christoph Selecki, a.k.a. Chess Explained. Now, in a prior episode, you may have heard Hanging Pawns, a.k.a. Stjepin Tomich, discuss how to learn an opening. But Christoph is here to give us a few pointers on how to choose a repertoire. So, Christoph, welcome to How to Chess. Yeah, Ben, welcome. Thanks for having me on the show. And uh, you have to be sure to press the clock, right? Yes, I will do that. I've warned yeah, yeah. Christoph we're going to be on the <laughs> clock. Um, so he's yeah, got yeah. a lot to cover. He is an, a walking opening encyclopedia, both when it comes to knowing lines and to sort of how to approach them. So our biggest challenge will not be learning things from Christoph, but keeping it to 10 minutes. But Christoph, yeah. I understand you've got some pointers for us in picking a repertoire. Are you ready for me to start the clock? Absolutely. You can start the clock. I'm kind of known for making the videos too long, so I'm curious if that works. <laughs> okay, here we go. A rapid game of opening advice. I think it's a good idea to ask yourself some questions before you select an opening. And it's kind of a self-assessment thing yeah, to get to know yourself better. What do you actually need? And it can be very different for for different people. One thing, for example, that makes a huge difference is what kind of games do you play? I'm going to start with this one. There are a couple of things that come to mind, but it's a huge difference if you play, let's say, random blitz games on the internet or you play classical time control games like on a weekend tournament or in a league game. And that uh, alone can be a, a real factor. For example, if you play in games where people can prepare against you, and they might even have days to do that. In a league game, for example, that could be the case. Then you probably want to pick a sounder opening and make sure that it really is fine because then they could target you. But if you play like Blitz Chess on the internet, you can play much more enterprising, risky stuff and even stuff that could be a little bit unsound. Ben, what do you think? Yeah, that makes sense. And it, it's trickier and trickier these days with preparation because there's like your online persona and then if you're playing in a tournament you might have a different repertoire and then of course people have different amounts of time that they can invest in how they study an opening so how, how do you recommend people incorporate how much time they have it is really important, yes. You have to make an honest self-assessment what you can really invest in terms of time. And it depends, of course, on personal situation. But some openings are better suited for low time investment and some are not. Like in some cases, let's say you want to learn a very complex opening that has many let's say, possible deviations, then it's kind of difficult if you don't really have much time. In this case, it's probably a good idea to go for something that goes more with plans, more with ideas than forced variations. If you are into that, you should really make sure you have the time. If you start to learn, let's say, um, you're interested in the knight or of the poison pawn, you want to take a pawn, you want to have sharp games, then you have to learn the lines, and that is not so quickly done. Of course, if you have an excellent memory, you maybe can do it, but if you don't, hmm, that's probably not the greatest um, way to begin with. Do something that is a little bit easier to handle. For example, um, an opening that often gets mentioned for white is... Um, something like the London system, D4 systems. These are more like setups. There are some variations, but if you know ideas, you kind of get along. You can 
make that work for you. You don't have to remember all that much. So if you don't have much time, like starting to learn at the same time, the Grünfeld, the Nidorf, and an open Sicilian with white is, is a bit much. So be honest with yourself what you can actually accomplish with your given time. I think that's a, a good thing to do because it doesn't help to set unrealistic goals, right? It's, it's a good idea to set realistic goals that you can actually manage. So you mentioned the London, Christoph, and of course, it's always a lightning rod. Shout out to I am Andres Toth, who's firmly uh, anti-London. But then yeah. we've got l- lots of people who make courses about the London available on Chessable, of course. And mm-hmm. I totally get the allure because some people don't want to study openings. So where do you come down on system openings generally? You think they're okay? And the London in particular, we have to ask you about. Yeah, I was kind of thinking I uh, was probably opening. How was, how was it called? Opening a kind of worms there by mentioning it. Right. it was like the first thing that came to my mind when it's about like a setup, a system kind of opening. Um, I think it can be a practical thing for people if they really don't have much time and they don't mind that the positions can be a little bit unexciting at times, then it can be a good practical solution. I mean, it just I'm just talking about being realistic. If you only have like five minutes or 10 minutes a day for opening study, you shouldn't really start with being super ambitious and now, yeah, let's crunch 20 moves deep into the dragon or something like that. I mean, that is the thing. You can do that, but don't expect great results. If you um, are completely fine with doing something that is like super sharp and complicated and you accept that you might fail, that can be something that is okay for you. You have to think about, do you want to maximize your results there or do you want to just have fun? Some people say, I cannot remember the sharp lines and I have trouble um, getting getting this into my head, but I just enjoy playing them and I don't mind if I lose. I mean, this is fine. This is fine. It's just your personal choice, right? That's also something that you have to think about. Is it just like about winning the most amount of games or do I want to create something on the board that I like, that I enjoy, or that I feel um, can teach me something? That's also a a thing to, to talk about, right? Yeah, I have a student who loves to play the Evans Gambit, and she's not like knee deep in the theory, but mm-hmm. it just brings her joy, and and that's enough for the time being. And and I think that openings like the Evans, that's often the case where people just stand for them, and it doesn't matter win lose, they're gonna play it, and they're gonna have more fun um, just because they're playing it. Now, Christoph, I know that another point that you've highlighted is the the eternal choice of whether to play a narrow or a wide repertoire. And again, in the online age where everyone can look up everyone else, I think this is a question a lot of people grapple with. Uh, what advice could you give on that topic? I mean, the the preparation thing doesn't apply for, I think, for, for blitz games or random games that you have on the net. But you're getting more and more transparent if you have games that people really can prepare for, right? For example, I can give you an example. Like if I play in a league, yeah, you know, month before that this game is going to happen. And I have like 5,000 blitz games online or 10,000. I have even 5,000 videos on my channel. So people can look at everything that I play. And what I do is personally, I just prepare a new opening every single game. I mean, I'm... I'm Well, you're kind of of a special case. You're an opening wizard. What about us mortals, Christoph? Yeah, I think that's what I do. But you have to be realistic. I'm playing like usually IMs and GMs in my league. Yeah, no, it makes sense for you, for sure. So that makes sense. But 
who is going to prepare like in a, in a random weekend tournament, for example, that you play probably nobody or just on a very, very shallow level. I wouldn't be so afraid. That's also important. People sometimes are very much afraid of concrete preparation. As It doesn't really happen all that much. I mean, in some cases, I think I play often also my repertoires that I write for Chessable to, to test them. And sometimes I feel, well, people know that I've written about it. Why have they nothing prepared against it? And that happens all the time, even strong players. So there's a little bit of paranoia also going on. And you want to be prepared yourself and and feel good about yourself that you know stuff but don't be paranoid people are not sitting there and crunching stockfish on 64 cores until whatever they don't do that that really doesn't happen so i think what i usually say is you should have a solid somewhat solid base repertoire that you know and then you can always branch out a little bit or maybe switch a little bit within your opening yeah let's say for example you play the french defense just as an example and you always play the winner and you expect that people could prepare why not play i don't know three knight f6 once in a while or take on e4 just as a surprise so to have a little bit of variation um surprising also means you get something else yourself and you get some fresh perspective that can also be an idea just to not be stale right don't do the same thing and and you're, you're boring yourself in a way. Now, that's also something to consider. Often learning a new opening means learning new structures. It's not about like memorizing stuff, but just getting yeah exposure to new things. And that can also help your chess quite a bit so that you see different things. Yeah, as you mentioned, it's tough to give general advice because so much yeah. is context dependent as you mentioned like in in slower tournaments there might if you're in like a game a day tournament maybe they can prepare for you but anything else as you say um mm -hmm. it's if you know the opening well enough to play it all the time you're probably in in okay shape um yeah. and christoph we're already getting low on time but if you could give one last bit of advice, I'm sure we have a lot of people watching who are predominantly online players. I mean, everything's moving online. Everyone's been stuck at home. So if you're, if as you say, if you're like, you just play Blitz and wrap it online, then how should someone think about whether they should play a lot of openings or just try to master a few? Oh, that's an, interest, that's an interesting one. I mean, it also depends certainly um, what you want from your games if you some people just want variety and then go for it but it's also fine to have a certain set of openings even just for blitz if you like yeah that are easier to play quicker to play maybe um i don't know i'm i play the same stuff in my um blitz games for example i always play the latest repertoires that i've written for chessable because those i know very well and i can play quickly and that is often a very important factor in online blitz that you are fast, right? Yeah, makes sense. Okay, Christoph, yeah. it, it looks like our flag is falling. As I expected, you shared a lot of great info. I'm sure there is more you could share, but we're going to leave it there. Yeah, thanks, Ben. We managed to get some info in these 10 minutes. That's good. <laughs> yes, thank you very much. Thank you for having me. And we are back with my three improvement takeaways from this illuminating conversation with Christoph Zalecki, a.k.a. Chess Explained. Number one is to know your goals. Um, if Obviously, if you're an IM or a GM like Christoph Zalecki, the way you approach openings might be a lot different than if you're a club player just looking to have some fun. So figure out, 
are you trying to crush people in the opening? Are you trying to survive the opening? Are you trying to play the best opening? Or are you just trying to play the most enjoyable opening? And by answering questions like that, you can make better choices about how to form a repertoire and how much time to spend on a repertoire. Number two, if you are a tournament player, don't fear preparation so much. And I think this is a really good point for, again, anyone who's not at the sort of IM type level. Most weekend tournaments, people aren't going to have a lot of time to prepare for you. And if they look at some quote unquote home cooking, they're not going to know it better than you if you've done your homework on the opening that you play. So that probably gets overblown at the amateur level. So don't worry about it too much. Just do your thing and they'll do theirs. Number three is you can cater your repertoire to your situation. And again, this kind of dovetails with what we were talking about in number one, but a lot is just going to come down to your own circumstances. So if you don't want to spend a lot of time memorizing lines, then you probably shouldn't play the Poison Pawn variation like I am Christoph Selecki uh, explained. Um, you you might want to play one of the dreaded system openings. Apologies again to I am Andres Toth, depending on your circumstances. So um, you you just figure out your situation and design your repertoire from there. And really, there's not any right or wrong answer. So just uh, figure out what uh, maximizes your enjoyment and or improvement and go from there. So thanks again to Christoph for a great conversation. And we will catch you next time on How to Chess. Thank you.